Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History puddle. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you into full slate of Blue Wire Gambling Podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me on Gambling Twitter at Undercover Greg. College football week one is upon us. The dog days of just betting baseball are behind us. Those are good things to say. The next seven, eight weeks really in sports are going to be a lot of fun. There'll be plenty of things happening with football at the college and professional levels getting going. Baseball hitting its stretch run soon to be playoffs in October. National Hockey League getting started in October. And of course, by the time October concludes, we'll have the NBA back in season as well. And of course, here at Full Slate. We're big college football, excuse me, college basketball guys. So always counting down the days to the college hardwood as well. So a lot of things starting to happen, which is a good thing for us gamblers. And I wanted to jump in with some college football week one, kind of a rapid fire thing here with some spots I'm looking at for this Labor Day weekend. So before I go any further, I do want to confess to not analyzing the entire board obviously there's a a bunch of college football games you can look at and pick your spots in but that's kind of what I did so not much different here than uh, anybody that's tuning in in terms of my uh, process It, it admittedly is not super thorough but I do feel pretty good about where I'm going with these four sides for college football week one Uh, a lot of stuff too you hear every year group of five power five games Uh, motivation is always a big thing in college football uh, in the non-conference with the handicaps so uh, that's just from a uh, kind of uh, I don't know for lack of a better term, broken record standpoint, I would say like in some of these games and and there is one game that literally that's exactly what I'm doing when it comes to uh, betting it is just a motivational edge, I feel like. And and there's a trend that backs it up. It is a lot of that stuff early in the year when we don't necessarily, I mean, what do we know about these teams? The season is just getting started. So it's a matter of uh, trying to figure out, you know, returning starters and, you know, 
new head coaches that are in, at a new job, coaching their first game there, uh, things like that that I kind of like to pick apart and, and dissect here uh, when it comes to uh, week one and just kind of getting your feet wet, dipping your toes in the college football water. So uh, without further ado, I'll jump in with my uh, first pick, uh, which um, there's a couple of these games that are a little more off the grid, and there's a couple that are uh, probably more at the top of the viewing priorities of college football fans over the weekend. And I'll start with one that's a little more off the grid, and I'm going to go out to California for a uh, group of five, power five type game. Uh, and I'm looking at the Arizona Wildcats as a about a touchdown road underdog heading to San Diego to take on the San Diego State Aztecs. This is a 3.30 Eastern time Saturday kickoff. And I'm going to take Arizona catching the six points. A couple things here that I'm looking at. This is primarily going to be a fade of the San Diego State Aztecs because uh, if you remember, you know, you don't even have to be a big college football fan to uh, have been in the know with the uh, San Diego State gang rape situation that Matt Arizo was implicated in, the former San Diego State punter who just got released from the Buffalo Bills. And so I think that the last week or so for San Diego State, probably a little tricky from a focus, you know, attention standpoint. And that's something that we might think about factoring in to an NFL handicap. Obviously, if there's a more, you know, a bigger name player, we might look at that. But I think at the college level, you can kind of amplify that concern a little bit for the Aztecs here as close to a touchdown favorite. So uh, not really sure if they're going to be uh, dialed in, let's say, right from the start. And when you're a touchdown favorite, you kind of do need to play your best most of the way in order to cover that number. So that's the concern in terms of San Diego State and, and just will the focus be there. And I think when we look at Arizona catching six on the road, a lot of pride on the line here, right? I mean, think about it. Week one, your team hasn't played a game, and you're a touchdown underdog thereabout against a group of five team. I think if that doesn't motivate you as a power five team, I don't know what does. And you can go back and forth on if it is a bet on or, you know, bet away from spot. Uh, but I kind of like, and it didn't work for Nebraska, obviously, in week zero against Northwestern, but I kind of like the idea of betting on a coach on the hot seat right out of the gate to start the season. And that's what we have here with Jed Fish uh, and the Arizona Wildcats. He really needs to start getting some wins there in Tucson. So I think there's a little bit more urgency here for Arizona, a little more focus for Arizona. And I'm getting nearly a touchdown. I got the Wildcats at plus six. Uh, I'll take the Arizona for my first play. Uh, again, that's a 3.30 Eastern time kick on Saturday. Uh, so wanted to give that one out to get us started. I want to go to another Saturday 3.30 Eastern time game. And this one will certainly have more eyeballs on it. Uh, and it is in Fayetteville where the Arkansas Razorbacks are laying looks like a touchdown at most shops against the Cincinnati Bearcats. I got it at seven and I'm going to be on the home chalk here with Arkansas uh, laying the touchdown. Uh, and I really... This also more of a fade of Cincinnati than it is a buy on Arkansas. I do think, obviously, though, when Arkansas brings back its stud quarterback, K.J. Jefferson, 
and a team that was one of the bigger overachievers in the SEC last year, that's obviously going to excite you. And, you know, K.J. Jefferson, maybe he finds himself in the Heisman conversation two, three months down the line. And I think college football, especially when you have that kind of electric player, you worry less about giving up the touchdown, right? Because that guy could make a big play at any moment and engineer a quick drive and all of a sudden laying a touchdown doesn't feel that imposing. So that's part of it for Arkansas. But really, again, my bigger thing here is a concern for Cincinnati. I have all the respect in the world for Luke Fickle and what he's done with that program. Having said that, though, I also think that this is a tricky spot for the Bearcats, right? And soon to be in the pack, excuse me, in the Big 12, college football playoff last year, and they're in the top 25 preseason this year, but you lose Desmond Ritter, you lose Alec Pierce, you lose Jerome Ford, you lose Sauce Gardner, you lose my Maya G. Sanders, you lose Josh Wiley. All of these guys, integral players for your team a year ago that went to the college football playoff. That's where I look at it and say, are you able to just get you know, turn the page that quickly. That would be the concern I would have for Cincinnati here going to Fayetteville, right? This is a true road game for a Bearcats team that had quite a bit of turnover from the year prior. So, and let's also note that Cincinnati, having made the playoff last year, should have the attention of Arkansas, right? Because that would be the other concern here if you're on a favorite in one of these games as well. Are they focused on it? Is there any look-ahead element, things like that? You'd have to think this is the, you know, the biggest, if not, you know, one of the biggest non-conference games for Arkansas this season. And again, Cincinnati did more with its season last year than Arkansas did with its own, and that's not a slight on the Hogs. They obviously had a pretty good season uh, for themselves, but I just think that there's not really any focus concerns here with the favorite and, you know, this is a big game for Arkansas, even though it's obviously a bigger game for Cincinnati. I just worry about how ready Cincinnati is to go to Fayetteville and be competitive here. So that'll be the next play here as we're just kind of rapid firing through some college football sides I like in week one. Arkansas minus seven uh, in the late afternoon window on Saturday on the college gridiron. All right, let's go to my next play, and it's going to be a Saturday evening play. We're working chronologically here. Going to end with a Sunday pick. Uh, but this is going to be one of those I mentioned in the beginning, just some you know system play stuff that uh, I like to do early in the season in college football. Uh, big spread, uh, but that's life bet in college football, right? You're used to these big numbers particularly in non-conference games. I mean, gosh, we're seeing big numbers in a matchup of two top five teams, Ohio State laying 17.5 against Notre Dame. And you also have, I think, an identical spread between Georgia and Oregon. Of course, the Bulldogs, a heavy favorite there in that quote-unquote neutral site game in Atlanta. But nonetheless, uh, I'm going to look to another SEC team, uh, laying a much bigger number, uh, but a game that I, I I just don't think the heavy favorite is all that motivated for, and that's going to be the Alabama Crimson Tide laying 41 and the hook against the Utah State Aggies. Uh, real simple here, and the history backs this up, and I'll gladly go to the well on a trend that is you know 72 percent. Excuse me, yes, yeah, 72 percent uh, winners. 
Nick Saban in weeks one through five as a favorite of 24 points or more is 7-18-1 against the spread. So that's a 28% win rate for Saban. Flip it around. And obviously 72% win rate blindly betting against Saban, 24-point favorite or more in weeks one through five. And I think there's logic to that. I mean, first off, you're talking about his entire career as a college football head coach. And you think about these good coaches, they know that you're not winning the national championship on Labor Day. And I think that they're not, therefore, they're not necessarily that interested in running up scores on non-conference opponents. And, you know, namely in the case of Alabama, you know that you're buttering your bread in the SEC, right? So you're not going to necessarily have to make a statement against Utah State because you're going to get plenty of opportunities to make statements in the conference schedule. So there really isn't ever any motivation now, you could maybe, maybe this is a stretch and I'm not buying it. Talk about, well, you know, they had to stir on the national championship laws for that long. But, I, you know, I, I just don't see how Alabama is where the anticipation is to win by six touchdowns. You know, and obviously the flip side, the team is far less talented, but you got to use, you know, this is the Super Bowl for Utah State. So just to keep it competitive enough to where we can cash this ticket is all we're looking for. And again, I think the reason Nick Saban struggles so much against these numbers early in the season is because he himself is doing a little fact-finding and diving deeper into what he has on the roster and not necessarily worrying about running up scores, as I said. And when you're in more of a discovery mode, Maybe you're not playing your best players the entire game. Maybe you're trying different things, and the game is kind of like a practice on steroids almost. And so, again, that's, I think, the rationale behind that. I will, it's just a bet on, uh, you know, a G5 team against Nick Saban early in a season, which historically is pretty good. So, I'll take Utah State plus 41 and the hook. There were some 42s out there, they may be all gone. Last one for me is going to be a Sunday night game, and this is probably the... That's right there probably with Cincinnati and Arkansas just in terms of highest profile plays for me. And I'm going to look at the Brian Kelly coaching debut for the Louisiana State University Tigers. And uh, I'm actually going to be on the other side of this game and go ahead and back the Florida State Seminoles catching three on the road. And basically, here's what I'm saying. I'm seeing an LSU team that obviously had quite a bit of turnover and an LSU team that obviously when you change coaches is coming off of a kind of a meh game or meh season, I should say. And a Florida State team that has a game under its belt. So I like that, right? Now that might be more of a Florida State first half angle just in terms of how the you know, rust might factor in for LSU and not so much for Florida State. But I worry about, I mean, season long and career long for that matter. I don't know that Kelly's going to work out at LSU because he doesn't really have any background in the SEC. He's a, you know, Boston guy, upper Midwest, have been all his jobs. So I, I just don't know how he's going to fit in there long term. And 
I think, you know, this is more of an NFL thing, but we like to bet against uh, new coaches at new jobs in week one. I think some of that applies here with LSU, just in terms of kind of instilling a culture that Brian Kelly wants to, you know, command there. I don't think that happens overnight. So then you couple that with the fact that the opponent here, Florida State, all that stuff should be taken care of with Mike Norvell now, head coach of Florida State Seminoles. He is in his third season now with the Knolls. And it's go time for them in Tallahassee. No two ways about it. Six of seven in the front seven on defense, returning starters for the Seminoles. And they have a pretty experienced offensive line. So I like that, right? Because anytime you can win in the trenches, you're probably going to be successful. So they seem to have an advantage here, I would think. And I think, as I said, go time for Mike Norvell and Florida State. I think this is a takeoff year for Florida State. So I think this is a game that Florida State definitely circled coming into the year. And they're coming off of a blowout win over Duquesne. I know it's just Duquesne, but no letdown of any kind or, or look ahead of any kind for Florida State last week, I think also is something you like. And they win 47-7, to covered against the Dukes. So I like Florida State. And by the way, I think this line's a little fishy to the naked eye person that maybe doesn't dissect it as much. They might say, oh, interesting. You have a still, I think, widely perceived as a big brand SEC team in LSU against a more of a has-been ACC program now, right? A, a Really a forgotten brand in the Atlantic Coast Conference, if we're being honest. I mean, Florida State really hasn't been relevant since Jimbo Fisher. And the line's only three? You know, and it's a road game for Florida State? That would be concerning if, you know... It, just from a you know naked eye, almost crappy feel, right? It would to some people this might feel like LSU is too easy. So I like that too. I, I never like to fall for those short favorite traps that get thrown your way. So I'll take Florida State for my last play in this college football week one openers rapid fire edition of full slate, Florida State catching the three. So again, that's Florida State plus three, Utah State plus 41 and a half, Arkansas minus seven, and Arizona plus six. Those are the four plays for this rapid fire college football week one edition of full slate. Make sure to follow the podcast at full underscore slate underscore pod. Our buddy Alex does a great job managing that account. Be back with him doing a bunch of NFL in the not-too-distant future. A few days away, actually. We're going to do a futures pod and then uh, obviously run through the week one rotation as well. That'll do it for me, Greg Frank, signing off here on another edition of Full Slate of Blue Wire Gambling Podcast. Everyone, enjoy your holiday weekend. And, of course, please, play responsibly.